You're listening to a sermon podcast from Paramount Church in Columbus, Ohio. To learn more, visit ParamountColumbus.com. Well, as our children make their way to their place, and those people who will serve, we're grateful. I forgot one announcement. Having my songs all wrong messed me up. I have one other announcement that I was supposed to make. On Christmas Day, during our worship service, we need some volunteers who will gladly go serve with our children on that day during that service. So we have not assigned anybody to that position. You can contact either Tara, which is my daughter, um, and she will be glad to say, I'll, I'll find you a place to serve if that's something that you would like to do. Um, so let me encourage you, if you're going to be here and you would like to help in that way, we could use your help. So, All right, so this morning we are continuing through Revelation. We'll be in Revelation 19, 7 through 10. Title of the message this morning, The Long-Awaited Wedding Celebration. The Long-Awaited Wedding Celebration. This is an extremely rich few verses here um, of, of, of imagery uh, around marriage, and there's many things that we could to delve into, so I've tried to narrow it down as much as I can, and this is uh, the things that I feel like the Lord would have me to say this morning, and so... When you look at this, and we're talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb, let me read Revelation 19, 7 through 10. Let's rejoice and be glad and give the glory to Him, because the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has, been, has prepared herself. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then He said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Then I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, Don't do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and your brothers and sisters who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And pray for us one more time as we begin this morning. Father, we thank you. We ask that you now come and that we know that you are here and by your spirit that you will teach, that you will instruct, that you will convict, you will encourage, you will do many things in the hearts of everyone that sits in this room. We ask that our hearts would be open and ready to receive and to embrace truth and that we would be drawn closer to you, that we would have greater affections for you, that we would love you with everything we have as best we can. And Lord, we just ask that there may be somebody sitting here today that doesn't know you as Savior and Lord, that today would be their day of salvation. Help us as we embrace these things, that it would change us to make us more like Christ. And that we would leave here proclaiming Jesus on our lips everywhere we go. We love you and thank you so much for saving us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. There is a lot here in this passage of Scripture, and when you talk about the marriage supper and all that that means, and you look back at a wedding celebration, 
especially in the Old Testament and in the, the Jewish um, culture, most of the marriages were arranged. They were families who chose and said, hey, you, you, my son and your daughter, they're going to get married together. I tried to do that for my daughters. None of them really thought that was a great idea. Um, neither did my son. Um, you know, I, I still think I, can, I could choose well just because of God's spirit. Um, but I, I, they, they took great wisdom. They didn't do necessarily anything against me. You know, in that process, they just didn't fully trust me to say, here, I think this is the guy that you should go get. Um, So there's a lot of imagery here, and there's a lot that we could say. And and, and in that choosing, some of those families would actually choose before their children were born. Say, if we have children, our children will marry one another. It was the importance was of the family. In, in, in that culture, there would be a betrothal period that would take place. They would actually be considered as husband and wife. But then there would be a presenting of the bride to say, here, we're going to get married. And then there would be this presentation of the, the bride and a celebration that sometimes would go on and they would not work as a married couple having consummated a marriage for maybe a year and be fully supported by their families so that they could get to know one another. And you look at the imagery of this and the things that God has done for us. He chose us before the foundation of the world to be a part of His family. He has betrothed Himself to us. I will marry you one day. I will complete this great work of salvation. And there will be this great celebration that will take place because I am your groom you are my bride and it has all been made ready and God has worked every bit of it if you will go back this week and read through this passage of scripture it is God saturated every verse every other verse don't lose that in all the other things that are going on this is God did this God did this God did this God did this we give him glory we give him glory hallelujah praise his name this is extremely God saturated we could spend a lot of time in, in that imagery and talk about all the things that, that are there what I want you to see is the point one will be see our future When our delight in God is maximized. See our future when our delight in God is maximized. Right now, our affections are weak. Are they not? I believe that all of you, that those who know Christ, long to love God with everything that you have. Long to grow in that love, and that relationship, and that intimacy, more and more. And yet we find ourselves with our love distracted, prone to wander, to leave the very God that we love. We're tossed to and fro. I hope that you will go back and meditate on this passage this week. Work it into one of your days and see and look at this, 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 what's taking place here. This is this big, you come off of what last week 
in the verses in this four hallelujahs and this praise that is going and it is loud. It is thunderous. It is nothing like you could describe. The illustration was a noise that was heard around the world to try to grasp this is what took place. The thunderous praise and hallelujah. And it continues on in these verses and it says what? Let us rejoice, be glad and give glory to him. That's us. Let us give glory. Let us be glad. This joy, it's a glad bursting of this whole text. And you'll see what will happen here at the end. But it is exuberant. It is beyond even comprehension. Let us rejoice and be glad. Rejoice, full of cheer. You find yourself full of cheer these days? Be glad. Rejoice greatly. Jump for joy. When's the last time you jumped for joy? Be exceedingly glad. This is us. And do what? Give glory to God. It's the way this starts out. Give glory to God. This is our life. In a little caption. Rejoice. Be glad. We should be the most rejoiceful people in all the world. We should be so joyful. Even in our struggles. This is temporary. This is where we're going. I hope you will see this this morning in all of its glory and that we will change and that even in our struggles and even in difficulties, we will learn to rejoice and be glad. We will be the exuberant people because I'm going here. I'm going to remind myself this day's coming. This wedding, I'm going to be a part of this. This is coming. This is what's going to take place for us. There is nothing here that is in comparison to what you will just receive. What will actually take place. And the promises that have been made to us. This is what's happening. God is fulfilling this every little step, everything. All of His promises. Everything's coming to a conclusion. The end of the world. The history as you know it. The promise from the foundation of the world. I had chose you. I'll make you mine. You will be mine. This wedding celebration. This is our life. We should be full of joy and gladness. Exuberant for the things that God has done for us. And to give Him glory. Oh, that my life would give Him glory. In everything. Whether we eat or drink. I don't care how simple. Or how difficult? Give Him glory. He alone is worthy of glory. He has judged the harlot. He has avenged those who have been shed their blood. This, this crescendo is just it's, it's explosive. I hope that you could get just any glimpse of the celebration that is going on. The praise that is raging Imagine the singing. 
the, the exaltation that is taking place. Mind-boggling. Can't wait to get there. To be a part of that. Experience this. Why? Why the explosive joy and gladness? Why? Be glad and give glory to God because the marriage of the Lamb has come. It's just around the corner. It's getting ready to take place. Getting ready to be married in heaven. No more marriage as we know it. You won't be married in heaven. So do the best you can right here because this is all you get. We'll be married to the Lamb. Can you imagine? God's desire to come down and to dwell with us and to marry into his family. Glory. Rejoice. Be glad. Look what he is doing. He will dwell with us. Why the name Lamb? Why Mary the Lamb? Why not King of Kings? I'd like to be married to a king. Wouldn't you like to be married to a king? The disciples thought it was going to be great because they thought Jesus was going to go in and build his kingdom and be the king and we'll be a part of that and this is going to be awesome. Well, how about maybe Lord of Lords? Why the Lamb? What does it say when you say the Lamb? It's a name that he gets from being and demonstrating the greatest love ever demonstrated to you. I am the Lamb. I'm the one who bought you. I laid my life down for you. I was beaten. I was crucified. I left everything to come and to pay the price for you so that you could be mine. Greatest love ever, ever demonstrated. And while we were not desirable, it's one thing to see ourselves here in this picture in a minute. That's not who we were. Wretched, hell-bound, enemies. I hate you. I don't like you. I don't want anything to do with you. Matter of fact, if you don't come and make this happen, I would never choose you. You're going to get married to the Lamb, the one who took your place on the cross, who took God's wrath and consumed it all so that we could be made to be a part of this. Yeah. Man, the Lamb. Great. Greatest name. Jesus. Greatest love 
ever demonstrated. And this is who's coming to the wedding. Going to be married to the Lamb. Have times where you grow indifferent? We do. Have times even when you're seeking the Lord and He seems distant? Remind yourself who you're going to marry one day. Maybe that'll help you with your indifference to go, <laughs> my groom, the one who has betrothed me. Oh, I can't be indifferent. I don't know what he's doing. I'm not sure why he's not as close right now, but I'm going to figure this out because I know beyond any shadow of a doubt he loves me like no other. I don't care what my feelings tell me. I'm going to change my heart. Fight your indifference. Go to this passage of Scripture. Remind yourself. Look. Look at what is taking place. This is going to happen. I don't care what anybody says. Thank you. I don't care what the world says. I don't care the strongest skeptic. This is going to happen. I want the application for this point. Our affections, our affections for God to grow to do the things necessary that I continue in this love relationship with the Lord. Begin now to maximize our delight in God. Don't wait for this moment to come. It's going to be great because we'll be able to enjoy our, our pleasures and our affections for Him without any restraints whatsoever. Do this now. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. We are so easily consumed by this, this, this world. It presses in on us. We're anxious. We're fearful. We worry. We want to walk by sight instead of walk by faith. I mean, just, we want to be different. I know these are hard, trust me. I have, we all have issues. Hard. Hard. This is broken. There's a part of me, I don't, I don't totally understand. It happened this morning. I was in a meeting. Mike gets up to open the door to let somebody. And by the time he opens it, the door slams open and it bends his hand back. And that's kind of, when I look at, look at this world, it's like, really? Why so hard? Really? I mean, he's just going to go open the door, and all of a sudden he gets bashed with the door, and his hand gets bent back. That's just the way this world is. Why do I have to drop something on my toe? And then in everything, give thanks to God for it. This is broken. I understand what I'm asking you to do, but this is possible. This is possible. Maximize our affections for Jesus Christ. And for this wedding day, 
this preparation that is coming. Piper has this quote that he's known for. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. There is never a better, more concise statement ever ingrained that in you. God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him. You'll find that everything else grows strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Oh, I long for us to all maximize our affections for the Lord. Help one another. Two, have you been sewing on your wedding dress lately? Have you been sewing on your wedding garment lately? You finish out verse 7 and go into to verse 8. And his bride has prepared herself. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. The bride, that is us. We have made ourselves ready. Hmm. Praise God, there's some more to this. It says, it has been given to her. However, it is your righteous acts that makes up this garment. Which is it? Right now, we're righteous. If you know Christ, if you have Christ as your Savior and Lord, you have been washed clean by the precious blood of Jesus. The cross of Christ has made you clean. We're just as good as there. It's just there's more work to do when we get there. But we're to be in the process of getting there, and hopefully there is less to do when we get there. It's kind of like we've been justified, and then you can be sanctified. And God is doing that work in us. However, it is us also in cooperation with God and His Holy Spirit that He's given to us. There's no way we all know, there's no way on this earth or in heaven we could ever manufacture righteous acts. That is contrary. However, we work hard at this. We labor at this. With God's help, by His grace. We're in the process. Making ourselves ready. Given to us. Ephesians 2, 8 and 10. I, got, I think he's got these ready for us. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. 
Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. We are working on righteous acts. We are helping stitch the wedding garment. It's going to take place. What we're going to put on. Right now we have a righteousness that covers and yet we still have remaining sin. We have not been completely set free of this. You see why they're rejoicing? Can you imagine the day when this is all clean? This is all pure? I can rejoice. Beyond my imagination is not even sin tainted in any way. This is expensive. God working in us our love and obedience a sanctification that is taking place Paul talks about this I labor more than any of you but by the grace of God I am what I am that's what I'm talking about this is a fight this is running a marathon you got some marathon crazy people running out here Man, they labor. Why? Because they want to get a little better number. All right. At some point, you ain't going to be that number. I got to stop because that's not my notes. I shouldn't do that. Um, They labor. And there's great rejoicing. We're getting to that goal. This is our goal. Remember your groom, the lamb? Don't you want to be ready? I grow indifference to that. Oh, God, forgive me. The flesh weighs us down. Fight against that. Oh, I want righteous acts. We're all going to go to the judgment seat, right? And all of our acts will be judged, they'll be tested. By fire. Since wood, hay, and stubble, it's going to be burned up. If it's gold, precious, silver, every man, his works will be tested. The quality of his works, that's righteous acts. And that's what you're seeing here in this picture. We're clean. We have been made righteous through and through. God has burned away what is not. And here we stand clean in this fine linen. (laughs) We know of all things. This is why you rejoice and you leap for joy because without Christ doing this in us, this wouldn't happen. I couldn't stand the fire. Even in a righteous act, I have to be careful because I want to say, huh? Well, that was, don't do that. Praise God. Thankful for the Holy Spirit who worked that work in me. And then begging for more. Begging for more. Sacrifice. Lay your life down. Righteous acts. Building, we're stitching a wedding garment. 
that is fine linen, it's bright, it's clear, it's shining, it's gorgeous. It's clean. It's pure. Pure. You're standing there. This is us. You're standing there. Clean. Pure. Glorious. Like, get out of the way. We're going to have a running fit. All this has been shed away. No sorrow. No sin. No jealousy. Well, why? He had more acts than I did. I thought my righteous acts were. That person didn't even look like they had any righteous acts. Nothing like that. Nothing. Clean, pure, getting ready to be married to the Lamb. Let us rejoice and be glad in glory to God now. This is why we do what we do. This is why we live the way we live. This is why we keep fighting. This is why we keep taking persecution. This is why we absorb the enemies. Because this day is coming. Kill me? Whatever, man. I'll be waiting on you when you get there. Application. Set your heart for righteous acts by God's promised grace. This week, matter of fact, the remainder of this day, I know my tendencies, and I'll get on that, and then money will get busy, and then I haven't done it, and then I go to community groups. Hey, are you working on righteous acts? No, mm, mm, not yet. That's why we have community groups, so that you can come back and say, hey, don't forget, we're making an application here. We're not just hearers of the word, we're doers of the word. And God is doing that work in us by grace that has been given to us, promised grace that we can do this. When anger comes, when worry arises, when I become fearful, when I am selfish and I want my pleasure, Instead of the good of others, at my sacrifice. When you see that this week going, no, 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 no. I need, I'm going to turn this into a righteous act. Why am I angry? Because I'm not getting my way. I don't want to do that. Why did she talk to me like that? My wife. Really? Even at that, the gift that God gave you, and I'm going to turn and be angry? Listen, that happens. I, I, I'm, I know I'm pastor here, but I mean, that happens in my household. We've been at this for almost 44 years. Let those come up as a red flag and go, no, 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 no. This, I'm going to remind myself at least from this day and this week and hopefully more and more and more that as we become more like Christ, I'm going to turn those into a righteous act for God. I'm going to help stitch the wedding garment that we're going to wear. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going this way anymore. 
This is what's different. And not only am I going to do this, I'm going to be joyful about doing it. Why? Because it'll be righteous acts one day, and I wish I would have had a ton of them to be a part of this. Oh, we're so distracted. What are you living for? What are you living for? What stirs your affections? What makes you happy? What makes me happy? What do I do that I think is going to satisfy me? This is not God. Set your heart for righteous acts by God's promised grace. Let it begin today. Three, don't do that. Do this. Verses 9 and 10. Point three, don't do that, do this. Then he said to me, write, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. Then I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, don't, do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and your brothers and sisters who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Are you invited? Are you invited? Will you be there? You know Christ? You know the Lamb of God this morning? Is He your Savior? If you don't know Christ today, come to Jesus today. Don't leave this place without knowing Christ as Savior and Lord. You're online and you're listening to this. Ask somebody. Call somebody. Just walk around and start asking people, hey, are you a follower of Jesus? Can you tell me how to become a follower of Jesus? Until you find somebody. Hopefully you'll find one of us and we'll all just fall over dead because it's probably never happened to any of us. Find your way to Christ. Go to a church. Call us on the phone. Come to this place. God will order your steps. He will guide you. He will. These are the true words of of God. This will take place. This will happen. Exactly like He said it will. He has kept his promise. He has saved you. He has kept you. You will not be lost. He will bring you to this day. He will perform righteous acts in your life. He will make you clean and pure. Why? Because he loves you so much. I just want to fellowship with you. That's what I created you for. That's what got broken. And I want to restore it because I want to walk with you. God coming down, dwelling with us, living with us. You're walking with God, really. You should be now, but wait till you get there with no restraints and no sin. Can't imagine. Verse 10, he says, Then I fell at his feet to worship him. This scene is so overwhelming for John. He falls at the feet of the angel 
to worship him. You're like, really? This, and if anybody's walking with God, it seems like this is a moment he's walking with God. I mean, he's writing scripture. And he falls and he starts to worship an angel. Like, dude, what happened? All I know is angels are like, hey, don't do that. Stop it. I don't know why that happened. He's going to do it again before we finish the book of Revelation. Don't be too judgmental because what are we worshiping? What are we falling down and sacrificing our lives for that actually end up taking the place of God? Probably far less things than what this angel is delivering. The true words of God. I know one thing it tells me, again, you need to micromanage that heart because even in one of the greatest settings you can even imagine that I'm trying to expound and show you is falling short. And in all of that, in all of this unbelievable scene and this rejoicing that is taking place and he falls to worship, he is so overwhelmed. I don't know, it's just like, I can't, I got to do something. It's the response. Let me ask you this. Do you worship God? When's the last time that you were worshiping God and instead of it almost being joy, but it caused me to fall down on my face at his feet? It's a little easier to be glad and to jump for joy. There's something special in a worship that takes place that causes me to lay myself flat and humble myself before God in worship. Do what you will with me. I will follow you wherever you lead me. Don't do that, John. I'm your fellow servant. I'm a servant of yours and your brothers and sisters, angels serving us. I know there's a battle that rages in the unseen. And it's fighting for the souls of men, women. Angels come along and help courage fight this battle. All I know, he says, I'm a fellow servant of you, your brothers, and your sister. I don't know what they do. I don't know all that they do. But I'm walking a little bit differently as I'm going to think about sharing the gospel and going, hmm, maybe there's an angel also here helping me. Not that it's really necessary because the Holy Spirit's going to accomplish all the work. I mean, we got God Almighty Himself, right? He lives in us. He's been given to us. Jesus is with us. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And He goes on. For those who hold the testimony of Jesus, the gospel, the truth, the words spoken by Christ, the truth. That's what we hold to. We try to hold to it here really as much as we possibly can. 
fight against error, the gospel. We preach the gospel to ourselves. We hold this truth dear. He says, do this. Do we hold it so strongly that we don't ever like share it? I believe it. I believe it's true. I believe it for my life. But he finishes and said, the spirit of prophecy is not like prophesying what's to come. That is a word meaning proclamation, preaching. Worship God. Hey, John, get up. Do this. Do this. Worship God. Not complicated. Extremely deep. (laughs) Worship God. Preach the gospel. Proclaim, preach, announce to others. Application this week, share the gospel with someone. Did you get that? That's that's the easiest one. Share the gospel with someone this week. Righteous acts, no greater righteous acts than to tell somebody about Jesus. It's Christmas. Hello? Proclaim the name of Jesus. Can't be any other easier time than to strike up a conversation or to talk about what's going on and proclaim Jesus. We hold this truth. We believe this truth. This is going to happen and you don't want others to be a part of this? Comparison to hell and heaven? Are you kidding me? And are you rejoicing? You're joyfully glad. You're leaping with joy because of your relationship with Christ. And I won't say anything. Something's broke. Worship God. Proclaim the gospel. This is who we are. This is where we're going. This is where our focus is. We read Luke 8 through 20. Use this to share the gospel. Two verses. And when they had seen him, they made known the statement which, he, which had been told them about this child. They made known the statement. They proclaimed. They shared it with others. And all who heard it. Don't know how many that is, but some of them heard it. And what did they share? Verse 10 and 11. Behold, I bring you good news. There's the gospel. Right? We have good news. That's the gospel. Of great joy. Which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You can do that. You can have that conversation. It's Christmas. Hey, have you ever heard the story? And some shepherds, and they were told this, and they went, and you know what they were told? That there was this baby that was born, and he's for you, and it's of great joy, and he'll bring peace. And he is the Savior. He's Christ the Lord. Do you know Jesus? You know this baby? You know why Christmas? Why all this craziness going on? 
My wife comes home. She's terrified yesterday. Thought somebody was going postal in Walmart. People said, don't go down that aisle. Christmas. It's so sideways. We stress over it. We stress on where we're going, what we're going to eat. Presents you're going to buy. Tell somebody about Jesus. See this. This is what's been told to us. May we go make it known. Go make it known. Look at what we're doing. This great celebration that we want to be a part of. Go make it known. It's not hard. It's been a long time since we've seen somebody saved here in this place. My heart breaks. Go make it known. Just make it known. They weren't held for any results. Just go make it known. You hold the testimony of Jesus, the truth of Jesus. Do this. Worship God. Share the gospel. Question was asked several weeks back. How long can you talk about Jesus? Been working on that? How long can you talk about Jesus? I don't know. Sit down. We'll figure it out. I had a meeting the other day that went for two hours and 15 minutes. I got in my truck and within five minutes, a guy called me and talked to me all the way home. That wasn't all about Jesus, but I'm sitting here going, we can do that about a lot of things. And it was about, it was spiritual conversation. How long can you talk about Jesus? You got a whole new passage you could share with somebody. Just open the Bible. Stitch your wedding garment by sharing the gospel, the testimony of Jesus Christ every week, every day, every opportunity. So walk with God that you just, you're talking about Christ before you even know what's going on. It's just natural. It's who I am. He's my groom, don't you know? He's the lamb. Let me tell you about that love. Pair up with someone. Go see a friend. Go see a family member, coworker, neighbor, stranger. A couple months back, I preached. Pray for nine people, 90 seconds a day for however long. Share with those people. You've been praying for them. Let's be like the shepherds. Make known the statement about this child. There has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Use the Christmas story to share the gospel with somebody. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. We see such an explosive passage, such exuberance, excitement. And we, we, we want to be that way. You know our weaknesses. You know our flesh. But we, of all people, have to encourage one another with the Scriptures and to continue to pursue. Come on, keep fighting. Lock arms. Let's go. We're the body. We're Christ. We represent Jesus everywhere we go. We're your ambassadors.
Help us to worship you and preach the gospel. Help us to love you with everything that we have. Help us to be quick when we know things go awry, that we fix them extremely quickly because we don't want our fellowship broken. Help us encourage one another in these ways. God, use this place as you see fit. May our answers to you be yes. Thank you so much for saving us. Help us to never get over this. Help us to to see this story once again. Something that you can get so used to when you sat there and we read the Christmas story. The little things that are in there that it's like, man, what a statement. So much so the heavenly host came and they sang. Glory to God in the highest. May that be our responses to you. We love you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Lamb who loves us greater than anything we can ever even imagine. In his precious name we pray. Amen.